Awesome. Wow. Your God is with us. Whether you're aware of it or not, whether you feel something or not, he said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age when he was leaving. That was the message they gave to the people that were standing around saying, Oh my gosh, you are a king. We know you're creator. You have this, all this power. We've you've been raised from the dead. You're going away. And he said, I am with you. And so when we worship here, we are recognizing that truth. God is here. He's not, you're special, but he's not here because you're special. It's because he fills the praises of his people, and he loves to, he's not out of this insecure need, but it's out of being put in a right place. He loves to inhabit the praises of his people. So I'm having fun. I enjoy worship. It was sweet this morning. And we're going to continue with a couple more points from the international perspective. I want to invite up Andreas and Marianne Varvel. Y'all come up here. This, these guys are from, they're from Velbert. So we had teams there this last summer, a lot of people. And so I just invited you guys to step up here and just give us a greeting. Thank you, sir. Thank you for this privilege. We feel very at home here because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same spirit, and at once I feel just at home, like to stay here for a whole year. <laughs> Come on, we need you. <laughs> and um, it's Pastor Reinhardt who advised us to come here. I asked him where this church is, and today we're here. We only had to drive by car 20 minutes, maybe shorter than some of you. Uh, we are living here for one week, and then I'm going with my wife for four weeks in USA for cousins I have here. Um, when some of you came to Felbert last year, it was a very special situation of our church. The, many refugees came. Brother Reinhardt had the initiative to help them and you were a very, very big um, help for us and encouragement to open our eyes for this. We are very thankful for that. And the second thing was, it was a special situation of our church. Our pastor uh, w became ill for a long time. So that just this half year, you helped us with preaching, with encouraging people and all things. And you know, this pastor is me. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm very thankful that you helped my church this time, and I want to encourage you, and I can uh, say thank you personally on my and my family behalf for your help in Germany. And um, I want to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit continually. Thank you. Thank and you. also, if there happens something when I followed him that seems not to be just correct, but the Lord is in it if we follow him. And afterwards, we see his red line where he followed us. So be encouraged to thank go you. on with the kingdom of God. And thank you so much from Germany. Thank you. Let's pray for him. If you went to Velbert, come on up here right now. Okay. One of you guys have a prayer? I could pray, but I just... Where's Bree? Anybody? All right. She gave us some. All right. Pray for him. <laughs> 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, wow, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we are one in your body. God, that we are all just children of the kingdom, Lord, and that your spirit is covering those who know you across the world. God, that um, you would just bring um, our friend to, to wellness and wholeness, um, and you would let us be part of covering his church in that time, God, and that it's just such a mutual love, Lord, that we were able to learn and be changed, God, and encouraged um, for a lifelong faith journey because of our time in Felbert and the way that that church affected us, God, and the way that, yeah, just seeing you move there was incredible, Lord, and, and for them to also be encouraged by us. God, I'm so thankful, Jesus. And so we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just fall on their church today, God, and that that we would just experience intimacy with you today right now in our church, Lord, that we would walk out of this room changed, God, and more full of Christ-like love for each other and for our world. Thank you, Jesus, that you are on the move, God. We love you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. That's sweet. Mm. Um, I'm going to share a, a couple of stories right now, and I, I want to turn the recording off and uh, ask. Um, so we are starting a new series today. We've come out of a series uh, where we believe that there's momentum, there's life, there's uh, something really important about depth. The church runs when there's depth. And this month, it's, uh, even though we're changing subjects, I believe it's hitting on deep issues. And the theme is for the love. And it comes out of a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And so, we're, we're talking about finances. We're talking about our motives. So this different issues of money deal us, de- uh, give us the opportunity, the need to go deeper with the Lord and with each other. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this passage right now to give you context. In the sixth verse of 1 Timothy 6, Godliness and contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing... We'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So I I want to tell you, Money is not evil, and it is not the root of all evil. It is a root, and it is something that Jesus talked a lot about. And, you know, I, I know how sensitive the subject can be, especially in a church setting, but it's people going, oh, no, you know, this is going to make people all confirm that all we're doing is talking about money. Jesus talked about money. He talked about money more than he talked about heaven and hell. Jesus talked about money more than anything else than, except for the kingdom of God. And why? Because it got deep into people's lives. 
It dealt with their motives. It dealt with their attitudes. It dealt with your fear. I'm not going to have enough. It dealt with your comparison to other people. And so he just went straight for it. In fact, I, I love Jesus. While they were taking the offering, where was he? He was watching. See how much she gave? She gave more than you did. How'd you like to be in that service? Jesus is not afraid to talk about money. And so that's what we're going to do, all right? And it's a part of our discipleship. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of you getting free. It's a part of you having confidence that you've got a loving father, that he knows you and he cares about you, okay? So that's where we're going. And uh, we're going to start off by asking some experts to come up here to the front. And um, so I want Riley Ellis, Liliana Widmeyer, and Asher Clark to come up and join me right now. Now, if I was talking to one of you guys, it gets really confusing. But I have a feeling they know some stuff, maybe, that we're just not aware of, all right? So I just want to ask a few simple questions, and I've not given them any preparation. This is not, this is not going to, to shame anyone. I think it's really going to show us some things. So how are you all doing this morning? This is Asher. Say hi, Asher. Hello. Liliana, hi. Hello. Riley, how are you doing, sir? Hello. Okay, so I want to, I'm just going to ask you each a couple of questions, okay, so that we can kind of understand what's going on here. Now, uh, why do we need money? Can you all tell me that? I'm going to ask you. Why do we need money? You know? No, that's all right. You can think about that a little. If you want to join in, why do we need money? Because um, then uh, we... We think we might uh, get poor and die. Poor, we might get poor or die. That's true. We need money because to, to pay for things. To pay for things, right? Because we have sometimes fear there. Why do, we, do you know why we need money? So we can give it to God. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Okay. So now here's, here's another one. All right. Okay, no comparison among parents this morning, okay? <laughs> No competition out here. <laughs> okay. All right. So how much money do we need? Enough to share. Enough to share. Great. Very good. Liliana, how much money do we need? Same. 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 That's good. He's going with the winning, winning answers. That's good. How much money do we need? You know, how high can you count? Okay. Say, say a, bi- a really big number. Uh, well, we don't need a big number of money. Okay. So we, we need um, as much money that can buy food and housing. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Someone has been discipled. <laughs> so, now... Uh, what's more important, time or money? Money. Money, okay, good. 
And why? Because you need it to pay for food and other stuff that you Yeah, that's good. What's more important, time or money, Liliana? Time. Okay, why is that? Because um, then, because uh, time with God is more uh, better than giving money, than getting money for shelter. Okay, great. What's important, time? What's more important, time or money? I think they're both the same important. Okay. All right. This guy's awesome. Well, you know what? You've been very helpful. Thank you so much for helping us today. You're awesome. Thank you, sir. That's it. Good job. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. When I was growing up, there was a show uh, called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Art Linkletter was the, the guy. And, and he, their whole show was about bringing children up and asking them, you know, any kind of question that we would have in an adult conversation, that, a, a moral conversation uh, that would just bring very simple things into clarity, like, of course, that's the answer, of course. And so I, I just thought that these guys could open up the subject a little bit and say some things like, if I brought one of you up, I could have brought up, okay, I'm sure in this room we probably have consultants or lawyers, we have financial uh, managers in different ways, and I could ask you some of these questions. But I wanted us to just have a vulnerable moment and to, th- to really think about this. What, what's more important? And what is the purpose of money? And how much is enough? I'm not going to answer all of those questions today, but I'm going to get into a couple of different passages out of the Sermon on the Mount and talk a little bit about money today, all right? So these guys gave some great answers. And sometimes, like, we don't know. I don't really know the answer to some of these questions and why. So we go into the Bible. What did Jesus say? And the first thing he said... Oh, the first reference that I'm going to have here, and I don't know why I'm holding this, but I'm uh, going to put it back down. There we go. Actually, can have a portable microphone. Um, so, yes, even in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about finances. In Matthew 6, 2, I'm going to read this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what do we learn from this passage? Number one, you're givers. When Jesus was looking at the people around him, he didn't say, if you give. He said, when you give. And as I'm looking at you, I, I'm just telling you, you're givers. So when you give, there's some principles related to that. And when you give to the needy. So we are, we're not just giving for ourselves. And there's, there's wrong motives. But... Your identity is a giver. It says, thank you, Lord. I have, he has created you with an ability to give. There's generosity 
that he's put into you when he gave you his spirit. And he cares about how you do it, how you go about it. And he's emphasizing your motive. Now, again, for the children, I want to talk about... Jesus said something kind of interesting when he talked about when you give. Anybody read this passage before, you know? We just think these should be more a common part of our worship or our offerings, you know? The offering plate goes by. You know, and you just... Isn't that what we should be doing? You know, like, hey, I've got some money I want to give to you. Isn't that a great plan? No? Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, sometimes I forget too. But uh, it's been about 25 years since I opened that case. Uh, but, yes, I, trumpet volunteer, different things I'll play later, but, uh, but the trumpet draws attention to you. And so there's different things that we do, sometimes out of insecurity. And I'm not just talking about giving money, but it's giving your time. Hey, I'm going to help someone. It's not, it's great. I'm so glad you're going to help them. And we need to be helping people. But what's going on in your heart? Jesus is going down a little bit deeper. That trumpet is, for some reason, you know, I cannot wrap my head around the trumpet idea. Why people would stand on street corners and give alms to poor and play trumpets. That just sounds on the bizarre side of things. But this was happening because people were insecure. They were fearful. They needed to know they were okay. Or they were competing with someone else. And that's a little bit like you and me. You know, I'm going to bring up an example. It is a good thing to be involved in social causes. But Jesus would just say, why? Why are you doing it? Why are, you, why are you giving that focus in your life? Hopefully, it's because of love. Hopefully, it's because there's an affection in your heart. But sometimes, it's because you don't feel good about yourself. You're, you're giving to try to get a need met in your own life. So, Lord, show us how to keep our trumpets in our cases. And, you know, he said to do this in a way that didn't draw attention to yourself. But I want to also say it doesn't always have to be a secret. When you give, it can be for the purpose. I've, my wife and I, our family, were missionaries for 10 years. And there are people that gave to us anonymously and then there were people that gave to us, and we knew exactly who they were. And we felt loved. Sometimes the giving is a part of building a relationship with someone. When it comes out of a pure heart, when it comes out of a desire not to get something for you by giving to you, you establish a relationship with someone. 
You're honoring them. You're carrying them. And they're just like, wow, they love me. So it doesn't always have to be a secret. And especially as you're talking about this with your children. I encourage you to talk about your giving with your children. And you can tell them, hey, we are givers. That's who we are. That's our identity. And when we give, this is why we're doing it. And this is what we want to see happen in people's lives. So Jesus saying to you, when you give, don't be afraid. Don't be insecure. It's a, I mean, you are insecure. It's okay if you're insecure. He, you're loved right where you are. You don't have to do this perfectly. But we're going we're gonna to move forward. So... I have a, a friend. I'm going to go in this same point to another kind of an extreme example. I have a friend that's, that's very wealthy, and uh, he's an awesome guy. And I knew him when he was coming out of graduate school. I knew him when he was just making a salary. But he turned a corner in his career where he started making a lot of money. And... Uh, uh, you know, moving into seven figures on an annual basis, and uh, nine. It was making over a million a year. I, I'm, uh, how many zeros is that? Ten figures. So, how many is that? I was right the first time. Hundred thousand. I got an accounting degree, so I'm a. <laughs> I'm kind of up on all these zeros and ones. I really know what I'm talking about here. Tender guy, super generous, very gracious. But he came and talked to me one time, and he said, you know, people are asking me for money all the time, and I, it is isolating me. They were coming to him not out of a relationship. And we're totally into missions, you know, support people all the time. But I just want to tell you, when you build relationships with people, don't do it for their money. Or you won't have a relationship. And they may say, sure, I'll give to you. But it cuts both ways is the point I'm trying to make in this whole thing. And my friend struggled. It was difficult. And you really, I said, you've got a responsibility that you're going to have to live out of. God has blessed you. There's something good that's happening here. But you need... He said, how do I communicate? How do I relate to people? Well, so it's just... My, my basic point is, it's not just people that have financial need, uh, have wealth, excuse me, that this passage is talking to. It's talking to people, even those that are poor and have need. Jesus is speaking to us. The next passage, Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, Jesus is talking to people like you and me again. 
He's not talking to somebody out there, someone else over there, someone who really needs to hear this. It's us. So what is he saying here? And, you know, uh, we need to store things. So it's not, you can't store anything. And uh, anybody that's close to me knows that I, I like to go to Costco. And, you know, when you go to Costco, you don't just buy one thing, do you? You buy a whole roll of it, or you buy a month's worth of it. And I, we store that, and it allows us to be more frugal. So you can store things. You can have a freezer. I just want to release you to having freezers here today. Just enjoy that moment. Jesus was not talking about your freezer when he said, do not store things. And he, did, he's, he wasn't saying don't have bank accounts. You know what I say? I believe he's saying focus on what is eternal. You can get focused so much in trying to protect your life that you miss what is eternal. And what's eternal? The Word of God and people. And if, I also want to, I want you to finish this line, time is, time is money. So if I changed out in this whole conversation and stopped talking about money and started talking about time, how does that affect your life? Not do you give money to people or do you give money to this need, but do you have the bandwidth to give time? One of the first lessons we taught our children, one of the things I've done in discipleship for decades is saying, love is spelled T-I-M-E. If you want to make a deep impact on people, yes, we have financial needs. We have missionaries that need to be supported, so if anybody's afraid that I'm saying don't give money, come talk to me after the service. We want to be generous. Money is a part of what's happening. But Jesus is saying, focus on eternal things. So, if you were to give money in the form of time to people, what does that look like? For families and young adults, it would mean giving something very precious to invite someone to your house, allowing them a part of the time of you being together. As I know, I know the young families in this room, time is phenomenally precious. You're drowning because of not necessarily a lack of money, but a lack of time in your life. So, if you want to invest in what's eternal, Lord, how can we bring, what, with the bits of time that we have to give, how can we give this precious thing to someone else? For college students, I know your studies are important. I know your activities are important. But how much time are you giving to others? 
There are people that so would be valued to be listened to. Are you spending your time just getting your point across and just transferring your opinion? Are you spending that gift of time to listen to others? Now, if I was asking for your money today, you can say, we're under the poverty level, we're out of the hook, you know, we're off the hook. This sermon's not about us. But I'm saying invest eternally. Invest some time into people. And you're giving something very, very precious. And children, you know that when you, you may not have a lot of money, but you've got time. And there are people, there are other children in your classrooms they're children in your neighborhood, and you look around at them, and, and they're alone. Or maybe they're new, and someone's not talking to them. You can do something eternal. You can affect a person's life forever by just giving them time, paying attention to them, asking them how they're doing, asking about their life. So this fear that we have storing up cuts to the root of our fear of are we successful? Am I successful? Do I have enough? And Jesus is just going to the core of that, those things again and again in our lives. And I'm, you don't have to lift your hands, but do you have a bed? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have a home? or an apartment, or dorm room? Do you have enough clothes? Do you have enough food? Isn't God good? Isn't it amazing how well he's met our needs? And we do struggle with this fear, don't we? Do I have enough? Do I measure up? And the way to battle that is thankfulness. And children, I want to I encourage you to do something today. So I know you've got papers right here, but I want you just to look at me right now. Do you have a nice home to live in? Do you have a nice place? Are you thankful? I, I, you know what? Your mom and daddy have worked hard. They really care about you. And Jesus has blessed them. He's given you a wonderful home to live in. They're different sizes. They're in different places in town. But your mom and dad struggle every once in a while thinking, is it enough? Is it big enough? Is it nice enough? And you know something really powerful you can do? Is you can go to them and just say, thank you. I love my home. I really like where we live. And it's, it's something that is, you know, you may think you're not very big, but it's, those words are really powerful. When you say thank you for giving me a good home, it allows your mom and daddy to just say, sit back and say, God is good to me. You really, really impact their lives powerfully. For everyone in this room, 
take, a, take some time today and send a text to your mom or dad or somebody in your life that's given to you. If you are fearful about the provision in your life, of if you're not going to get enough, and it forces you not to be able to think about eternal things, but you're just like, I'm stuck in right here and now. Send a text and say, our home was awesome, Dad. Our home was awesome, Mom. I am so thankful for all that you've done. And you are recognizing, you're, not, you're doing a, several things in that act. You're breaking a fear of lack, a fear of not having enough in your own life. And you are blessing their socks off and setting them free. You're giving, I can tell stories, you don't have enough time today, but into my own family. We were poor. I ate peanut butter sandwiches five days a week when I was growing up. And my dad went back to college, got graduate degrees, and made a wonderful home for us. But down inside of him and and pushing through all of that was still late in life was, did I do enough? And when I go to him and say, thank you, even in their older years, it turns a key in their heart and they go, it's enough. It was good. And they shift from right here and right now to an eternal perspective. What do you want more? Time or money? He knows you need these things. He knows you need housing. He knows you need food. You know what? I I even wrap transportation and communication in there of, uh, you know, basic needs. It's, It's practical. He knows what you need. So, turn from your fear. Turn from your comparison and just say, God, you're, thank- you're so good to me. You're so good to me. Let's stand up right now and want the worship team to come up here. Kids, y'all did an awesome job today. All right. It's good that I'm so thankful for how you've blessed each other and blessed our community. And I want to just give you a chance. You know, here, here's your one opportunity to text in church. <laughs> if you want to send a text right now and thank someone for how they gave to you, this can be a part of your worship. If you want to, especially if it means you're saying to someone's close to you, you're valuing relationship. And if you don't exactly know, you know, you don't, you don't have to do that one specific act, but I just want you to recognize that your needs have been met from a loving Father who created heaven and earth. And if there's something specific that you need, you can ask Him for that. And you know what? He probably will use a human being in order to meet that need. 
because you went directly to them and asked them for that, but because he speaks to people. He, he, he just knows how to manage this thing so much better than we do. And when we go, Lord, thank you, we put ourselves in position to receive. When you move away from fear of like, I'm not, it's not going to happen, he opens up a door. Oh, and just, Lord, just recount, just in worship right now.